Hi everyone, this is Julia Sotis on a totally different reality. Um, today my guest is Adriana Popskow. Um, did I pronounce your last name right, Adriana? Uh, uh, Adriana Popescu. <laughs> oh my gosh, okay, so not quite. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, nobody gets, nobody gets it, it's okay. Yeah, that's a, that's a toughie. Um, so today we're talking about... Um, play, sex, magic, fun, all of those things. And um, Adriana and I were just talking and she was telling me about how when, when people come into her practice, she does, you know, coaching with people. She asks them like, what do you do for fun? And like, people are like, what fun? Like, it's like, we're always looking at the problems rather than like, what's actually going to be fun for me and what's actually going to be creative for me. Um, so that's sort of the approach that um, I think we're going to take for the whole show. Um, and we're going to hear about her history and what she does. And uh, I'm really excited to learn as well. Um, so welcome, Adriana. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me, Julia. So you're, you're an energy psychologist. So what is an energy psychologist? Right. Okay. So, um, so I'm a licensed clinical psychologist, meaning I went to grad school, got my PhD, and became a psychologist to treat okay. people with mental health problems. Okay. Um, what happened in part of you know, the story along the way is that I started getting into um, less traditional healing modalities. I started getting into alternative medicine because I myself had an illness and couldn't get well. And so my journey took me to some more unusual places. And um, I started learning about these tools called energy psychology. The field's actually been around for about 25, 30 years now, been developing. Okay. And all of these tools um, have come a lot of them from traditional Chinese medicine, from the acupuncture system. The idea of working with energy in the body and where it is in balance um, or where it might be blocked and, and clearing those blockages and restoring energy flow so the body can heal itself. So the idea being okay. like if you, went, if you went to a traditional um, Chinese medicine doctor and you say, hey, I'm depressed or I'm feeling anxious, they're not going to sit there and talk to you about your problems. They're going to check your meridians, the, those energy pathways in your body. They're going to, you know, look at your tongue. They're going to feel your pulse. They're going to put needles in, your, in you, might treat you with acupuncture and give you some herbs because their premise is if we can remove these energy imbalances, your body will heal itself and you're not going to have the depression anymore. So that was kind of the premise that then some psychologists got into and said, you know, oh, well, how could we apply this and have a more holistic approach to treating mental health issues, right? Because right. it's, it's not actually separate. The idea that you can say you have a mental problem and it doesn't somehow affect your body or your emotions or even your spirituality is kind of ridiculous. So the energy psychologist really speaks to doing things in a more holistic way where you're really looking at a problem or an issue having a mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical component and that you have to treat all of them if you're going to help someone get better. Okay. Well, that's fascinating. So, so, so you, how many years um, have you been doing that approach? Because now you've integrated access consciousness as well. Um, okay. So how, like how many, how did mm -hmm. you start to integrate that? Yeah, so I've been doing this for 20 years now. I mean, I, I started really young. I knew by the time, because of like the, some of the struggles I went through in my childhood, by the time I was like 15, 16, I knew I wanted to be a therapist. I knew I wanted to help people. Um, so when I went to college, um, right away I started working like in the field. Um, and then what happened was um, I took, after college, I took a few years off, and that's when I got sick. Um, and so that started me down the alternative path. So while I was in grad school, I actually came here for grad school to go to a school in, um, here in the Bay Area called uh, the Institute of Transpersonal Psychology, which was really, again, a holistic program that was all about, like, um, helping people reach their highest potential, you know, like transpersonal, like what's beyond even just, like, the ego stuff, like 
what are we really capable of as people? Kind of like that infinite possibilities concept, right? right. So that got planted for me really early on in the process in grad school when, you know, we our classes, yeah, we did all the clinical psych stuff, but we also had classes in yoga. We did a year of yoga, a year of Aikido. Um, wow. Creative expression. I had a class in shamanic journeying. I had a past life regression class. I had meditation and altered states of consciousness classes. You know, so. so oh, that would be a blast. It was so much fun. It was so experiential. Oh. And what we did was we really like turned ourselves inside out, you know, because if you're going to ask someone to come to you and bear their soul, like it's something you probably should go through yourself first. So we, <laughs> we did that. And along the way, that's when I found, so then, so what had happened to me in Colorado when I, after college, is I'd gotten bitten by a tick. Only I didn't know at the time that was what was making me sick. Um, so I, what, what had happened was I had gotten Lyme disease and chronic fatigue syndrome and chemical sensitivities and allergic to everything in my environment. I was crazy, crazy sick. By the time I came to California for grad school, I could barely function. And wow. um, so my journey uh, you know, into that area, trying to get well, conventional medicine didn't have much for me. So I started seeing an acupuncturist. I started getting um, more holistic treat- treatments, working with herbs, working with, you know, homeopathy, blah, blah, blah. So in that uh, journey, uh, one of my practitioners, my acupuncturist, uh, introduced me to a modality called NET, which is neuroemotional technique. And it's actually something that I have since studied and am certified in. And, and what the NEP did, and it was one of these modalities that was based on um, clearing uh, blockages along the energetic pathways, um, that modality would help me break through. When I would hit a plateau with my protocols and I wasn't getting any better, we would clear some emotional stuff or some, like, trauma stuff or whatever it was, and I would start to get better, right? Right. And at the same time, being in grad school, like, one day I see a flyer for this energy psychology conference in San Diego. So I go to it, and there I'm exposed to all these other modalities, some of them meridian-based, some of them based on, like, chakras, but all these other holistic approaches um, to treating depression, anxiety, you name it. Um, and that's where I learned about another tool called Set Free Fast. And that's something I ended up writing my dissertation on um, while in grad school. And... Um, those are two tools that I actually still use today in my practice, the neuroemotional techniques and be set free fast. I also learned EFT. A lot of people out there know about EFT, the tapping, right? Yep. Um, yep. Emotional freedom techniques. Um, I do that, and with some pe- I, I do it less in my individual sessions, although for some people it's really helpful. Um, I mm-hmm. teach that more in groups because I still teach. I, I worked in rehab, substance abuse rehab for years. And um, I like teaching that in groups because collectively when people are all tapping on something, uh, there's like this magnified effect. And the, oh, the absolutely. Thing, yeah, and the cool thing about the EFT now is they've been doing research on it for the last, I don't know, 15 years or so, and they've got a growing body of at least 50 studies now that shows that EFT is effective in treating all kinds of conditions um, and that actually what you're doing, they're kind of figuring out what the mechanism is. When you're stimulating those um, acupuncture points, whether it's with a needle or with tapping or just putting pressure on there, mm-hmm. you're actually sending a signal to the brain, that, to, the, to the amygdala, which is the fight-flight center, and you're telling the brain, okay, you, you can stop the fight-flight and instead kick in the parasympathetic nervous system or the relaxation response. So you'll actually get cortisol and adrenaline levels coming down and endorphins and uh, serotonin levels going up. And they've been measuring that now. Wow. Um, I can't wait until we get to that point in our research with access. It's just starting now. And it's so Mm -hmm. fascinating. Yeah. And they're doing like, and the NET people have been doing research too. And they're right now doing a study with fMRIs. So they're looking at people's brains like before and after the NEP treatment and seeing like what's different about their brains. Like, and what so far they're finding is that like instead of being all active because someone's really upset about something and all these different parts of the brain are lit up, it's like very calm and quiet. 
Wow. It's more like a meditator's fMRI because they've been studying <laughs> meditators too. Yeah. So really Fantastic. cool stuff is happening. And if, you, if any of you guys are interested in knowing more about that, there's, um, I want to give a resource for that. There's this uh, Association for Comprehensive Energy Psychology, and their website is called energypsych.org. And on there, they have all kinds of information about these different tools. And you can, like, find a practitioner in your area. You can look at the research. Um, they have a whole humanitarian branch, which I think is so cool. So they send people like me to places where there's been, like, natural disasters, like, you know, Hurricane Katrina or the tsunamis or Newtown with the school shooting. And they send therapists there to teach the local people how to do the tapping or, or whatever tools and help them, like, help each other to get through the trauma of whatever has happened there. Wow. So really cool stuff. So it's a good resource in case people are interested. Yeah, I'll uh, send that link out with the replay. Okay, cool. I'm, I'm on it right now. I'm just looking at this is really neat stuff. Yeah, and wow. annual conferences. That you, I love the conferences. They're so much fun. Like you just get to go and get all these really cool workshops. And people have applied like these tools to working with animals or working with really specific like challenging populations like multiple personality disorder and, you know, we call it now DID, but whatever. You know, all these different conditions and different tools and you go to the bookshop and have like really cool technologies and crystal things and this and that, you know. Right. Um, it's, very, it's a very open place to experiment with new modalities. So I really, right. I really enjoy that. Because I get bored. I'm a humanoid. Like, I can't just do one tool. I love access, but I get bored if I'm just doing access. So for me, to still use these other tools in my practice is really important. Right. And, it's yeah, like, what you're doing is very pragmatic. Exactly. And like, not everybody, everybody – oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I think we're both going to say the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah, that not everybody can receive access or not everyone can, can, is ready for it, you know. So, like, exactly. people will come to me specifically for, I get referrals for, like, NET in particular, because I work with a lot of chiropractors and holistic practitioners, massage therapists and whatever, who they, they know something's going on with the person they're working with. And they're like, well, I think if you go see Adriana – She's got a tool that can help you release some of the stuck emotions you've got in your body. Um, so the tool is really good for that, and we might start there, and if they keep working with me, then I might start weaving in the tools of access. Right. That's brilliant. And, yeah, like you're so conscious and aware of where a person is at, what they can receive, and what's going to change the most for them. Exactly. In that given moment. So that, that's right. incredible. Yeah, and, and that there is no one perfect correct tool, you know? Like, you don't have to just do access or the other thing. Like, when I first introduce people to a modality, I do it in its pure form, like how I learned it. Um, but then if you've been working with me for a while, I kind of, I'll mix things up. Like, you could be in the middle of a NET clearing, and I'll say, okay, use your keyword on that, which is a B-set-free fasting. Or I'll say, you know, okay, so everything that is, we destroy and uncreate it. I mean... I follow the energy always and go intuitively with, yeah, what the person can receive and what school will be the greatest contribution for this. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Huh. Fascinating. Well, that's mm -hmm. really neat. Um, so let's talk a little bit about, let's pretend I'm one of your, you know, somebody coming to see you. And let's talk a little bit about our topic, which is play, fun, sex, and magic. Um, how would you, like, for those people out there, um, you know, interested in having a more full, playful way of living, um, like what would be some of the first tools you would give them? Or I know you said you had some clearing statements. Um, we can get to those in a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, one of the things that I ask even on my intake form is like, you know, what's, what do you enjoy doing the most? You know, what are your hopes? What are your dreams? What are your greatest fears? You know, like what is it that, you're wanting to create with your life. And a lot of times when I'm talking with people, because, you know, traditionally a lot of people come to a therapist because they're depressed, right, or they're anxious or something. And when mm -hmm. I ask them, yeah, like, well, so what's fun for you? A lot of times people draw a blank. So I really have been looking at that. And what I realize is, you know, access really invites you to question your reality, you know, like what is your reality versus the reality you've kind of bought into that you've been programmed with. Mm -hmm. And what you learn is like, you know, in this reality, 
um, it's okay to play and have fun as a child, but when, when you grow up, you're expected to be serious and responsible, right? Oh, yeah. And it actually happens with kids even earlier than being an adult. Like, up until about the age of five or six, they can run around and play and be free-spirited and be magical and do whatever, right? And then they go to school, and they're told, okay, you have to follow the rules, and you have to sit still, and you can't move, you only get to have play or fun for about, like, 15 or 20 minutes at recess, and, you know? Yeah. So, like, what are we, so what are we conditioning ourselves with, you know, with that? Um, and then we get programmed with this idea that, you know, to be successful in life, to be happy, to have money uh, or a partner, you have to work hard, right? We get this message very early on that we have to work hard. And what if that actually wasn't true, and what if it could be easy? Right. right? So just a clear, you know, that might be helpful is, you know, so everywhere you've bought into the lie that you have to work hard to get anything good in life, will you destroy and uncreate that? Yes. Right, wrong, good, bad, talk, talk, online, shorts, boys and young. So what if actually having more fun and play in your life was a way to create those things that you desire, right? Like Gary will talk, you know, Gary, the founder of Access Consciousness, talks about money and, like, what party – what party are you inviting money to? Like, is it a really boring, lame party where nobody's having fun? Or, and is money going to want to come to a party like that? Or is money going to want to come to a party where everyone's having a good time? Right? So if you're not right. having a good time, how are you going to attract money? How are you going to create money for yourself? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So oftentimes what I'll do when people are stuck on this, and they're like, well, I don't know what I do for fun, is I'll, I'll have them remember, you know, what was it like for you as a kid? Like, what did you do for fun? So we might brainstorm things like, okay, did you use like to draw or paint or color? You know, and I might say, well, go get some finger paints and go play. Or go to a toy store and wander around and maybe like refresh your memory, buy buy a toy, Um, (laughs) play with with toys, go outside and get your hands dirty in the mud, roll around on the ground. you must puddles. just totally change people's reality. They're coming in thinking that they're going to dig back to what their mom said to yeah. them when they were five years old, and you're like, go to the yeah. toy store. <laughs> well, yeah, and we may, and, we, and you know, we may get there to what mom said. We may need to clear that trauma still. But, like, if you're not, it's like, look, you've got to turn down the intensity of the trauma and drama and turn up the play and fun. It's kind of like you've got to do both simultaneously. Right. right? So, um yeah, you know, eat, buy some cake and eat it with your hands. I mean, you know, for me, like, one of the most surprising, like, fun things I've been doing in the last year is hula hooping. I got the awareness that my body really wanted to move in that kind of circular way. So I started, and I knew that there were, you know, being in San Francisco, there's a lot of people who go to Burning Man, and I knew that hooping, like, people actually were doing this, and there were classes and stuff. So I started taking hooping classes, and it's been such a joy and so much fun. My body like lights up when I do it. That sounds like a blast. I used to, I used to hula hoop when I was like six and seven years old, like for hours in the living room. Right. Isn't it fun? And now it's a little bit, because now you do it with music and it becomes very expressive. You can do it like dancing, you know, and just like move around free flow. There's lots of Oh my God. Yeah. There's tricks you can learn, which are actually really hard. Um, <laughs> all kinds of like there's a whole subculture of like hoopers there's like hoop camp and all these things like who knew right like so what about that you know what kinds of things did you used to enjoy doing or what kinds of things do you, would you love to do like have you ever jumped out of an airplane or gone bungee jumping or gone a zip line like if not if it's something you think you'd like to do go do it right it's all about like being embodied and being in the joy of being alive and that's something we just don't allow ourselves to do very much Oh, absolutely. Wow. Even whenever I go, me, I feel like me and you tend to go swimming together a lot. I love going swimming with you because we have such a good time. We're always like yeah. chasing or racing each other or, yeah. you know, flirting <laughs> with the guys in the pool. Like we're always having fun. Yeah. And, you know, and that sort of brings that a little bit of that element of magic because if you're doing that, like let's say you're outside playing in a body of water, like the ocean or a lake or the river, like, how much are you also communing with the, the other energies that are there? Maybe the fairies or the elves or the, 
you know, the, the nymphs and mermaids and all of that energy, you know, that some people think is mythical and not real, but uh, my interesting point of view is that it is. I feel it. I don't know about you, but I feel all that stuff. I perceive it when I'm in the woods <laughs> or out in nature. So very often that's one of my prescriptions. The doctor often will prescribe for her clients spending time in nature and communing with all of that and becoming more aware of it. Wow. Yeah. How fun um, is that? Oh, it's so much fun. Um, so, yeah, maybe I can talk a little bit, since we're kind of talking about, like, childhood and kids, talk a little bit about magic. Yeah. Um, because, you know, kids don't question the truth of magic. They just see it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then as they get a little bit older, they find out they've been lied to, right? There's stuff like Santa Claus, you know, the Tooth Fairy, all of that. And... Um, and yeah, they, we, we, sort of, we sort of set kids up in this world to be almost hateful of magic because yeah. it, you just find out one day that it's like this huge lie. And then, exactly. And then you have to learn to cut that off so that you don't get right. fooled again. Right. And, yes, and that's you're going to lead me up into a clearing I'm going to do with that. And then the other thing is um, with entities. Like kids are very aware of entities, ghosts, you know, all those different types of forms that entities can take. They're very aware of them. They see them. They talk with them. And then they're told by their parents or teachers or whatever, oh, it's not real. It's just your imagination. Those are your imaginary friends. And so what a lot of kids will do then is shut down that capacity, right? And then years later, you know, they come to therapy or they come to a, you know, an access class and they're like, oh, my God, I've had this capacity all along, but I cut it off because they told me it wasn't real, Right. Right. So, so everywhere you've cut off your awareness of magic and your capacities with magic, will you destroy and uncreate that now? Yes. Right, wrong, good, bad, talk, talk, all nine shorts, boys and beyond. That so is incredibly you... heavy. Yeah. Do yeah, you want me to say it again? <laughs> yes, please. So everywhere you cut off your awareness of magic and your capacities with magic, will you destroy and uncreate it all? Absolutely. Right, wrong, good, bad, pot, talk, all nine, shorts, boys, and beyond. And I have another one. Um, so everywhere you are implanted to believe that magic's not true or it's a lie or even that it's evil, bad, and wrong, as, you know, religions back in the day with the witches and all that would say, mm-hmm. will you destroy and uncreate all that? Yes. Right, wrong, good, bad, pot, talk, all nine, shorts, boys, and beyond. So will you now own and claim and be the magic you truly be? Yes, I will. (laughs) Anything that doesn't allow that, will you destroy and uncreate it? Yes, on behalf of everyone. Yes, right, wrong, kids, bad, pod, talk, online, shorts, boys and beyond. Whew, I'm all tingly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so it's like, you know, what if we could start? So I think a lot of the work that I'm doing is helping people to reconnect with what they knew to be true as a child knowing that magic was possible, knowing that, um, that anything could, if you ask for it, things could magically appear, you know, that, and the joy in that, the joy in like, oh, look, I created something and it came to form. Like, if we can start to reconnect with that, how much could, our, could that change our reality? Totally. Yeah. It would change everything because we yeah. would be looking from a completely different place. Right. And, and you would be in the energy of, I mean, if you even just perceive, like, the energy that you and I are tapping into right now, <laughs> do you feel that? Like, how Absolutely. Light, light and expansive and, and playful and fun is it, right? Versus, you know, typically we're dealing with trauma and drama and heavy and work and traffic and bosses and cubicles. And I don't know. I mean, like, traffic. right? How much joy is there in any of that? Right. It's, and, you know, we think that once we stew around in that for enough years, then finally one day we'll find the answer and it'll change. But it's the wrong approach. It's not going right. to change things. Well, you know, and people, a big thing I see in my practice, Julia, is the, the white picket fence syndrome where it's like um, where people, you know, follow the trajectory of what they think they're supposed to do to make them happy. So, like, they go, they work hard, they go to all the right schools, 
they get the right job, the right partner, they get married, they get the wife who could fence in the nice house in the yard and the dog and the 2.5 children, and then they show up in my practice, like, somewhere in their, like, 30s, 40s, 50s, like, I did everything I was supposed to do and I'm not happy. Right. right. And, and oftentimes that's when you start seeing the quote-unquote problems show up. So they're starting to drink or take drugs or someone's having an affair or, you know, whatever. Like, they're just – there's a – loss of, of, of a sense of self, you know, like they disconnected from whatever is actually true, who they truly be in order to buy into this reality version of what they're supposed to be, right? And now they're miserable and unhappy and can't figure out why. Right. Yeah. So, and, and like so for that. me, for, like from my perspective, like that entirely, entirely is just a loss of magic. Like, the yeah. cure for that would be magic. Right, right. And yeah. so, yeah, sure. how, can we bring, how can we bring magic back into our lives? Hmm. Amazing. And it's really interesting if you look at, like, what people are fascinated with in sort of mass media, like the whole Harry Potter thing, right? Or right, even, Twilight. Like, yeah, all the vampire stuff. It's like, huh. You know, it's like people are sort of craving this, like, magic. Like, yeah, what if it really could be real? And, you know, the fascination right now, people, the, the veil has gotten really thin between, like, our reality and the spirit world. Um, all the shows that are on TV or even the movies are on the paranormal, the, the Long Island medium, you know, like, psychic this or that. I mean, I'm amazed when I scroll through, like, TV shows and see how much parapsychological, you know, stuff there is out there, um, which is telling me that people have the demand. People want to know more. People want to connect with that. I mean, and it's so basic, too. It's like, okay, for thousands of years, people have been communicating with spirits, whether they be like the tree, the water spirits, you know, nature spirits, or the spirits of the ancestors, people who have passed. Even, re- um, or, even religion, you even know. Even religion, like the, the saints and the, right, exactly, you know, to, talking to God, talking to Jesus, whatever. Like people have been doing this for thousands and thousands of years. And in modern society, to some degree, you know, we've cut off from some of that. So I feel like there's a real hunger and a longing for that, um, I guess, reconnecting with that. Totally. It's, it's a longing. That's a really... I think that's a really great word for the energy of it. Mm-hmm. People and just what is long. That, yeah, and what is the longing? Because people tend to externalize it and think, oh, well, if I just had more money or if I just had the right partner, then everything would be okay. But what if it wasn't actually an external thing that you're longing for? What if it was that you were longing to have more of you? Wow. Right? Wow. So, so let me, I have a clearing that might fit here. So what have you made so vital about never possessing the joy and play of who you truly be, that you would keep yourself in trauma and drama for all eternity. Hmm. And everything that is, we destroy and uncreate it. Yes. Right, wrong, good, bad, talk, talk, online, shorts, boys and beyond. And, you know, wow. when, we, when we talk about, like, that kind of adopting like molding yourself and mimicking this reality and like I'm being white picket fence person, but I'm not happy. Um, one that I, a really good clearing I got from Shannon, because I work a lot with Shannon and talk to the entities. Um, I'm a facilitator in that. Um, what creation am I using to invoke, perpetrate, and countenance the anti-me I'm, I'm I choosing? So anti-me, you actually wouldn't even want to say in there, like, anti-Julia, anti-Adriana, because you really make it about you. So what okay. creation am I, yeah, so what creation am I using to evoke, perpetrate, and countenance the anti, fill in your name, am I choosing? And everything that is, we destroy and uncreate it. Yes. Right, wrong, good, bad, talk, talk, online, shorts, boys and beyond. Wow, that's really powerful. It brings up a lot of the energies of everything, like just the dead weight that's holding the magic down or like stopping it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And and Adriana, could you just explain for listeners who don't know who Shannon is a little bit about her and her work? Yeah. So Shannon O'Hara is um, actually Gary Douglas is the founder of Access Consciousness and Shannon is his stepdaughter. So she grew up with all this stuff and 
she wasn't always open to it at first. She kind of kicked and screamed against it. Um, but her thing is she's been a natural medium her whole life. She has seen and, and, and had the awareness of entities since she was a child. And it was actually working with Gary and the tools of access that helped her finally uh, use those capacities to her advantage instead of, like, you know, creating problems in her world because she had all kinds of physical things and, you know, was using drugs and alcohol for a while, like trying to numb all that stuff out and trying to shut her awareness off from all of that. But once she acknowledged her capacities and started working with them, she actually created amazing, an amazing contribution um, with her Talk to the Entities classes that she teaches, um, workshops, and she travels all over the world, and she's written a book, and she's got some e-books. She's a really a great resource for um, all things uh, entity-related. And so what I realized um, in my journey once I started doing Access is I realized that I had some capacities with entities. I, I had always been aware of spirits, um, but never knew what to do with it, and it kind of freaked me out, you know, because I had been, like most people, kind of brainwashed by um, horror movies, <laughs> um, The Exorcist and, like, I don't know, Poltergeist and all these, like, really scary movies I saw as a kid that made me think that that stuff was bad and scary and wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that dead people could, like, hurt me in some way. Okay, so any of you maybe who have bought into some of those um, points of view, would you be willing to destroy and uncreate those? Yes. Right, wrong, good, bad, pop, pop, all nine shorts, boys and beyonds. But when I started doing access and I started taking some of Shannon's um, classes, I realized that I actually have a capacity in this area. And so I ended up, it's been, gosh, you know, a couple, almost three years now that I've been doing this. And I, last fall, um, she started offering the facilitator's classes. So I started taking that as well. And um, now I actually, I use the, the tools in my practice when it's appropriate and people are open to it, you know. Um, I happen to live in California where people are already kind of woo-woo. So (laughs) people already have a certain level of openness. And and even before um, access, my practice with the energy psychology tools was already moving into past life stuff um, because sometimes things would show up that you couldn't find a root cause for in their lifetime like in this lifetime. Like, for instance, I worked with a guy once in rehab who um, had night terrors. You know, night terrors are when they, like, in their, you're kind of in that sleep state and they're having really, like, horrifying experiences. This guy was, like, walking through plate glass doors and, like, tried to strangle his wife one night. I mean, really, really intense stuff. And they had him doped up on so many medications um, and he was drinking because he was trying to keep this stuff from happening. And if you look at the guy's history in this life, he had no trauma. He didn't really have anything that would cause such an intense kind of experience for him. But when I did the past life work with him, with MET, we came to find that the guy seemed to have had some past life experience where he watched his family get killed in the middle of the night and, and that that had happened to him in more than one lifetime. So, yeah, no wonder the guy's having night terrors, right? He's reliving some trauma that originated maybe in some other time and place, that once we cleared that for him, he never had the night traumas again, the night terror. Yeah, so so people already, if you're coming to me as a therapist, you already have a certain level of openness. So it's not that much of a stretch. And certainly not all the clients that I work with. You know, they're not, not everyone's open to this. But when they are, and we can start looking at some of the entity stuff, what I have found is that a lot of my clients have capacities themselves, um, particularly my addict clients, you know, that same kind of thing I was saying about Shannon. Sometimes when you're super psychically aware of, of people's energies and including beings that don't have bodies, you can feel so bombarded and overwhelmed with it that you might want to drink and use drugs to try to numb it, right? Right. But I find that a lot of those people have those capacities. And sometimes, too, you know, Shannon talks a lot about this as well, Sometimes what we're, we as, like, uh, therapists and psychiatrists and, like, the medical establishment, sometimes what we pathologize as, like, schizophrenia or um, what used to be called multiple personality disorder, which is now known as dissociative identity disorder, like, a lot Sorry, of what, that... what's it called? Dissociative identity disorder, okay? Really okay. might be more about people having portals 
and entities coming in and out of their field, okay? For sure, um, okay. From, you know, from the access perspective. And I've started seeing that too, you know. Um, I had a client who came in recently who was told, you know, or they thought, young guy, they thought he had some psychosis, early stage schizophrenia, and I knew right away. I was like, oh, you guys, he's so, that's not what it is. This kid is just super aware of other people. He's so bombarded. He's like got the OCD stuff where he's like, you know, aware of everyone's thoughts and feelings for miles around, and he doesn't know how to deal with it, right? It's a capacity. It's not a pathology. So, right. Um, anyways, but so how this kind of pertains, let me loop this back to sort of where, how I see this pertains to the magic and the play and the fun. Right? So, so when kids, oftentimes, how you see entities show up um, is, you know, I don't know how much your listeners know about, like, walk-ins and stuff like that. But a lot of times, um, when kids are young and they're having a hard time dealing with this reality, like, you know, for whatever reason, maybe they're in an abusive situation, maybe they just, like, don't really want to be here, or they can't figure out how to be in this reality, a lot of times they'll invite their, quote-unquote, imaginary friends in, and so another being may come to assist or be there to support them um, to help them get through, you know, the challenges. But what can happen is then you get kind of two or more beings stuck in the body and then it goes into adulthood and then maybe it doesn't, like, work so well, right? Um, so if you had, you know, if, if a person could access more fun, more joy, more sort of that, that, you know, connecting with their true essence, then the need to have that extra help would fall away, and you might be able to clear the entities a little bit more easily. Okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, because a lot of it is, that, you know, they feel like they can't handle the heaviness that exists in this reality. So if you can help right. people not have to feel that heaviness, then they might be willing to let their friends go. Um, right. And then the demon part of it, you know, I mean, demons come from, from judgment and, uh, and they hate kindness and caring. So the more fun, play, kindness, caring, sexualness you could have in your world, then the demons start to fall away. The need for self-judgment falls away. So, right. It was great. Um, yesterday, I, I don't know if you um, have been participating in the advanced manipulation call that Gary Douglas is doing. I, I'm signed up for it, but I didn't get to be on it live. I'm really excited to listen to the replay. You know, it was absolutely phenomenal. And uh, he gave us some homework, and the homework is to every time you judge yourself, ask what else is possible I've never considered before. Don't go into mm-hmm. it, nothing. Mm-hmm. Just ask what else is possible I've never yeah. considered before. So I actually just wanted to share that. Um, but, yeah, it's amazing how when we have these judgments, we just live in them, and, and it invites these other beings to come and live in them too and exponentialize yeah. them. Right, right. So then, you know, you're dealing with not only your trauma and drama and, and baggage and whatever, but you got someone else's stuff on board now too, right? So um, it can make it really difficult for people. And what, what I find is if, if a person comes to me and they're really open to like all of what access can offer and all right. of the kind of weird and out there stuff, that, that it goes that, that a lot of really amazing healing can happen. And I'm just so amazed when I, when I see uh, my clients start to come back to life you know, like when they start to be like joyful and kind of like little kids, like smiling and playful and um, it's absolutely miraculous and, and it is magic. And like I'm watching them be magic. It's so cool. Um, and I get so much from it. Like when I'm feeling maybe blah or kind of out of it or something, I go and I do therapy with people and um, I come back to life. So it's been really great for me as well. Yeah. Such a joy in facilitating. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, fantastic. So, yeah, so I was thinking, too, like, um, you know, we've talked a little bit about magic. We've talked a little bit about playing fun, but we haven't really talked about sex. <laughs> okay, well, bring it on. <laughs> yeah. So, well, and, and when I say sex, I'm actually referring more to sexual nest, which, you know, from access's point of view, is not just about, like, the physical act of population, but it's more also including, like, the caring and the nurturing and the kindness and the sensuality as well, right? So I find that this is hugely important for my clients who are coming in 
with depression or coming in with, like, um, body image issues, like weight, overweight, or I don't like the way I look or whatever. It's like how much pleasure or sexual issues even, like people are like, I can't have an orgasm or, you know, I don't enjoy myself in sex. Like how much are those people allowing themselves to even experience sexualness, right? right. Um, so one of the things that, you know, in addition to sort of the stuff I was saying earlier about having more play and fun, what would it take to increase the sexual mass in your life? Um, you know, like what could you do that would help you feel better in your body? Like real basic things like taking a bath or, you know, giving yourself like a spa day where you put on a mask and maybe you, you know, paint your nails or something or get a massage or go outside and smell some flowers Um you know, putting lotion on your body, rolling around naked in the sheets, like, you know, whatever it is, like, how much more um, sexualness could you invite? Because really, how much of that is about receiving, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and how much have we cut off our receiving in general? So it's an interesting thing. When I watch people start to play with more sex, more sexualness, um, other things start to flow. And, it, and if you even look at the chakra system, you know the second chakra, which is known as the sex chakra, is also the life force chakra. And it's also where creativity stems from. Okay? Mm-hmm. So if you're blocked in that part of your body, you're going to have a hard time creating. Uh, mm-hmm. Whether it's like you're trying to create like a book or, you know, music or something, or trying to create money or trying to create a business. If you're not in touch with your sexual mess, you're going to have a hard time creating. Right? Mm-hmm. What I've noticed so, for myself. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead first. I'll save this question. You know, so what I've noticed for myself and for other people is that when you allow yourself to be in the flow of that sexual energy and you're having a good time with it, you'll tend to feel more inspired, right? New ideas will come to you. Um, projects will start to get created. Even wanting to, like, straighten up your health. Um, it's almost like you get into this kind of positive momentum and you want to keep going with that stuff that feels good, right? Mm-hmm. And that's going to be equally true for a negative momentum. Most of the people who come see me, you know, are in this, like, stuck in this kind of hamster wheel of, like, trauma drama, and, um, and they can't get out of it. So what if the key is to have more play and fun and sexual math, right? Dane's been talking about that recently in his little videos about moving your body. Like, when you feel blocked, like, just get up and move your body. And for years in mental health, we've been saying the same thing. Like, if you have depression, get out there and exercise. Move your body. Go for a walk. Because you, you will release endorphins and, and serotonin and dopamine, like those feel-good chemicals, right? Exactly. So, yeah. like, what if, what if playing fun were the best antidepressants out there? <laughs> and right? sex. <laughs> and sex, which is about receiving, right? And magic, yeah. which is about the fun of having the things that you desire. So how much could that shift a negative kind of state of being? Um, and how empowering would that be, you know, because the depressed people, people often feel like they have no control over what happens in their lives. But if you're actually creating magic and fun and play and seeing that that's changing the way you feel, it's going to start to make you feel empowered. It's going to start to make you feel like, hey, I'm not a victim of all these circumstances and emotions and crazy thoughts and feelings, I actually can do something to change it. Wow. So um, what I was going to ask is, for you, what's the difference between receiving and taking? Like, what is receiving? Well, I think receiving is like dropping the barriers and just allowing things to be without judging them, right? Um so most of us are walking around with a suit of armor, uh, a, very heavy, a very heavy suit of armor, right, that we've created to protect ourselves from all of this insanity out in the world. We don't want to get hurt. There's crazy people out there. Um, we, we feel like we need to protect ourselves. But the problem with the suit of armor is that it doesn't know how to distinguish between what's good and bad or what you want and what you don't want. So it just keeps everything out. And it keeps you in. So um, you don't get to have, like, the, the stuff you like. So, like, say, you know, you, you'd like to have a partner. You'd like to have friends. But if you're hiding behind a suit of armor, it's going to be difficult for you to have that. So receiving 
would be like putting down the suit of armor and being willing to, um, to be with whatever comes, even if it is uncomfortable, like even if people judge you, um, to not let that bring you down, to let, it's almost like, you know, expand out, right, and be so much space that um, there's so much space between the molecules that whatever that, like, icky energy is or judgment or whatever it is could just, like, float right through you. It doesn't have to stick. Hmm. But if you're, in resist- if you're in resistance to it, right, then all you're going to do is, um, is walk it into your body. <laughs> right. <laughs> so your suit of armor didn't really work because now you're stuck on the inside <laughs> with all this icky stuff and now you can't get it out. So, right. Um, I love that description. That's such a brilliant way of putting it of like your body wants to be space too. And, and the more you don't have barriers, the more space your body is and things can just go through you. Yeah. And I tell people, because people are really reluctant to give up their, um, their suit of armor and their knife and their, or their sword and their shield. Right. Mm -hmm. So I say, okay, that's cool. Just, you know, put it down, have it there on the side or put it in the closet there. And anytime you need it, if you actually require a sword and a shield because someone's attacking you, then you have it there available to you. You can use it when you need it. Just you don't have to have it all the time, you know, because that's going to tap into those beliefs, those core beliefs people have, like, you know, that, oh, I'm not safe in the world or everyone's out to get me or I can't, uh, I'm not, I'm weak and, and I can't, I'm not powerful enough to take care of myself or defend myself, right? So I also mm-hmm. have to do some clearings around those points of view um, so that people actually learn to trust themselves and trust that, okay, if I needed to, I could, you know, take care of myself. But otherwise, I don't have to have these barriers up. Hmm. I like that. It gives people a lot more choice rather than, you know, drop your barriers and receive. You know, it's yeah. like you have a choice in that. That's really a lot kinder. And, and I always tell people, do an experiment with it. Just try putting it down. Try putting your barriers down just for like two minutes and see what happens. Um, and, and I love the tool that Gary gave, you know, in a class here in San Francisco a couple of years ago, which was like, go play with the homeless people. Like usually, <laughs> walking down the street here in San Francisco, most of us, there's a lot of homeless people here and sometimes they get in your face. You know, well, most people will put up barriers, right? Start to contract down and put up their barriers, like don't don't talk to me, right? Which is exactly what they want. I mean, they want a barrier to put, push up against, right? They want to kind of challenge you and mess with you. So what Gary says to do is to actually drop your barriers and expand your energy out, or even pull on their energy if you're bold enough to do that. And notice what happens. And it's so funny because when I I was like, oh my god, I could never do that. And then I started actually playing with it, and I realized, wow, when I'm walking down the street being space, they don't even notice me. They don't mess with me. There's nothing for them to hook into. Huh. Wow. So, so I encourage people to play with it and experiment with no attachment to an outcome, just see what it's like. Yeah, it's fun. And that's the thing is, like, like all like all that access consciousness like for for me what it is is just a way to play and have magic and they're just tools to play with and the more you play with the tools the more magical your life becomes yeah and to and to have an and to have an energy and a spirit of lightness and play even around the tools cuz sometimes i see people like getting a little too serious with access, like I'm not doing access right. I'm doing judgment right now. Blah 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 blah. It's like, yeah, <laughs> come on. Like that's not the point. The point is like laugh at yourself. Like all of life comes to me as ease, joy, and glory, even when I'm like being stupid and like doing it quote unquote wrong and having a hard time and whatever. You know, like you can still be that that energy, um, or remember that that energy is available to you should you choose it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Wow. So can we talk a little bit? I just am still so thrilled about the part of the conversation um, where we talked about fairies and nymphs and gnomes and stuff like that. I Mm -hmm. like I really want to get into that because there's very few people that I can have a a serious conversation about um, about those things that, you know, I know very well exist and um, have a strong awareness of it as well. So I'd just love to, to chat about that in our, le- our last 10 minutes here. Mm-hmm. Sure. 
what would you what would you like to to know more about or what what would you like your listeners to know more about i don't know um it's just so it's so thrilling just to even get to talk about it um like for you you were saying that play and fun and just you know doing things that your body would like um is a way to get closer to that mm-hmm. um I don't know if I necessarily have a question. Um, hmm. Let me see. Well, what for you? Here, I have a question for you. When are you most easy? What is it easiest for you to access that and and be in communion with that kind of magical energy? Well, I'm having a lot of fun doing it around New York here in Central Park and stuff like that. There's definitely a lot going on in Central Park. Um, And growing up, cutting grass on my mom and dad's farm, um, like on the ride on lawnmower, I would like scoot around the yard and I would listen to Gary or Blossom or whoever on the lawnmower and just scoot around. And it was just like everything just came alive and became technicolor doing that. So, so those sort of things. I guess it really does for me has to do with nature, but not necessarily. Yeah, I think that's true for most people. It is for me too. I find it easier to connect with or communicate with those beings or just receive from them when I'm out in nature. Um, for me, it tends to be like the woods um, or like rainforesty uh, or water. Uh, water really has a lot of magic going on with it. Um, I, or trees, trees too. I mean, I can even remember back in college feeling like the trees were talking to me, um, and mm-hmm. I could, I could just, I just got the download. And it's, it's not even talking in words. You know, it's like an energetic download. Um, like the whole history. I looked at these trees, and I'm like, wow. Like how many, how many students have you seen like come and gone? You know, like you're hundreds of years old, and how many of us are just here for a few years? And I don't know. You know, just like having this sort of like communion with trees and being and 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 then and what contribution were they being to us you know like hanging in a hammock suspended from two trees looking up like wow this is so cool you know Um, right I, I do think it's easier in nature and but also you know how how could we bring that to you know our indoors life right like why couldn't we you know when you're like laying in your bed and, you know, a lot of people will, let's say, communicate with their, their team, you know, like some people call them your spirit guides or angels or whatever. A lot of people will do that sort of communication or communion, like in meditation or prayer or something like that. Well, why couldn't we also uh, intend to connect with the fairies and the gnomes and the elves and the whoever? Right? That's the question that I couldn't come up with. That's yeah. it. Yes. It's just, well, wow. ask for it, you know, like imagine it in your mind. I mean, you could start maybe by imagining that you are in the forest and you're walking along and there's <laughs> these little sprightly energies and just invite, do an energy pull, right? Pull the energy of those beings to you and like let them touch your body, let them um, tickle you, you know, let's like giggle with them or, I, you know, whatever. Children, I mean, children already do this. You've got Disney characters. You've got, like, I don't know, Tinkerbell or whoever. <laughs> like, you know, they already kind of do this. You could get into that sort of playful, childlike energy. Oh, and the other thing I really encourage people to do is play with kids. Play with animals. Let them show you how to be this energy, right? Because they, they need this energy already, right? Right. And, and, and pets, like, like, cats are great for showing you sexualness. Like, a purring cat is, like, right there. Like, totally out of control, just, like, being, you know? It's a wonderful thing. Right. So, um, so maybe that's it. Be the invitation to to have that energy show up in your world wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Hmm. Oh, okay, I'm thrilled now. Yeah, I'm going so, to go for a walk. <laughs> so what? So I have one here that maybe goes with this. So what energy, space, and consciousness can you and your body be to be the lightness of fairies and bubbles? With total ease. <laughs> and anything that doesn't allow that, will you destroy and uncreate it all? Absolutely. Right, wrong, good, bad, pod, talk, all nine, shorts, boys, and beyond. 
That's amazing. Um, and, and the energy of bliss, too. That's one I've been playing with lately, like what is bliss? Um, and I heard, um, this might be a cool one for people to check out, uh, you know, Graziano uh, Dominici, I think is his last name, who's an active consciousness facilitator from Italy, he recently did one of those bonus classes at um, the Right Voice for You in Copenhagen. So it's up right now um, on the Access Consciousness TV site as a free video. Um, and I think he called it Dance Space Molecules. And he did, he did that exercise where you're um, connecting with the energy of your last orgasm. And you're basically expanding out and, like, building on that energy. And then at one point he has you kind of bringing the, the, the energy of money in there. So what would it be like for the energy of money to be orgasmic like this for you? I thought that was a really cool exercise. And I, it energetically it feels like it kind of fits some of this lightness and play that we're talking about. So I just wanted to let people know that's out there too. They may want to check it out. Wow. Well, that's fun. I'm definitely going to have to check that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and for those of you who don't know about Access TV or use it to your full advantage, it's it's an amazing resource. Um, you, it's just www.accessconsciousness.tv, and you can go on there. I, I don't know if you have to make an account. You might, you might not have to. And there's tons of free videos, like hundreds of free videos. Some are paid, and a lot are are free and they're just fantastic. You get a whole range of access facilitators and different views and different subjects, like everything, you know, from the environment to sex to, you know, magic. So it's a really great resource for any of you who haven't heard about that yet. Yeah, for sure, so. for sure. Um, Julia, can I give people just a couple of last, like, I know we're reaching our time. Can I give them a couple of last questions I have for them to play with? Yeah, and I would, I would love if you also could um, tell us about your website and any work you're doing or anything like that as well. But, yes, please give sure. us some questions. So one of the things that I like to do, like, in the morning when I get up, like, I do this little ritual where I destroy and uncreate everything that my life has been up until now. You know, and then I start asking questions. And some of the questions that I will often ask that I think could be um, really relevant to this topic we've been talking about, how much magic can I be, do, have, create, generate, and receive today? Right? And anything that doesn't allow that, talk about it. Right? I'll ask the universe, universe, please show me something magical and beautiful today. Um, and you can even get specific with that. Like, please something, show me something magical, you know, with money today or with, you know, sex and relationship today. And inevitably, because you ask and you shall receive, if when I ask for that, something in the day will show up. And I'll be like, ah, that's the thing. So that's really <laughs> cool. Um, how much fun and enthusiasm can I have in being alive today? And one uh-huh. that Bain uh, came out with recently, if my life were an adventure... What would I choose today that I've never been willing to choose before? And if I were wow. living my life, yeah, and if I were living my life for the adventure of it, what would be possible that's never been possible before? Wow. So those what a way to start the <laughs> What a way yeah. to start the morning. I know. Well, that's the thing. If you're not asking for it, what you're going to tend to do is you're going to entrain down into the trauma and drama and heaviness of this reality. That's why some people wake up in the morning and they're like, ugh. So I do this to immediately shift that energy so that I can create more of the magic and the play and the fun that I'm looking to have in my life. So right. hopefully that can be a contribution to folks out there. Um, and then in terms of me, yeah, so um, my contact info, I have a website. Um, adrianapopescu.org and that's A-D-R-I-A-N-A P-O-P-E-S-C-U dot org on there I have a lot of resources um, like some of the energy psych stuff is on a resource page lots of stuff about the different tools Um, I'm in the midst of a website uh, update so probably in the next month or so I'll have a bunch of new stuff on there I've just started a coaching program um, which I'm really excited about. It's like a three-month program that's like re- much more intensive and really looking to help people make 
significant shifts and changes and what is it that whatever it is they're wanting to create. Um, I'm, I'm teaching classes. I'm teaching some talk to the entities classes um, here in San Francisco. So weekend after we have the two three here with Gary, um, the weekend of July 25th, we'll be doing an intro night and a weekend workshop, the beginner's workshop on Talk to the Entities. I'm uh, co-facilitating that with uh, Carrie Shea, who's also a Talk to the Entities facilitator. Um, yeah, really cool stuff is coming up. <laughs> awesome. Check, check me out. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been so much fun. It's been great. Thank you so much for having it's, me and for being such a great hostess. <laughs> well, thank you. And, yeah, it's awakened such an energy in me that, like, I try to keep alive, but it's almost like this whole reality makes me make it dormant. So I'm not going to choose that anymore. So thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Awesome. Take care. And uh, um, I look forward to um, playing with you guys next week on a totally different reality. So take care and have an awesome week. We'll see you next Wednesday. Bye.